Uh, well, guys, I'm in John chapter 13. We're going to cover a little bit of ground here. We've got 20 verses of Scripture uh, to cover, but I thought it was really important that we have all of the context. And so here is what the Word of God says, uh, John chapter 13, starting in verse 1. It says, Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now, when it was time for the supper, the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God, and he was going back to God. That's key, remember that. So he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash his disciples' feet to dry them with the towel tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you don't realize now, but afterward you will understand. You will never wash my feet, Peter said. Jesus replied, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, uh, <clears throat> Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet then, but also my hands and my head. One who has been bathed, Jesus told him, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet, but he's completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you. For he knew that one, um, he knew the one who would betray him. This is why he said, not all of you are clean. When Jesus had finished washing their feet and put on his outer clothing, he reclined again and he said to them, Do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're speaking rightly, since that's what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. Truly I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now I'm not speaking about all of you. I know those I have chosen, but the scripture must be fulfilled. The one who eats my bread has raised his heel against me. I'm telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am he. Truly I tell you, whoever receives anyone I send, receives me. And the one who receives me, receives him who sent me. And perhaps you picked up on our question this morning. It is there in verse 12. Jesus, after washing the disciples' feet, reclines at the table and he asks, Do you know what I have done for you? Do you know what I have done for you? That's a question we need to ponder. And so there's a few things I want to point out this morning. Uh, three, in fact. Here is the first thing I want you to get. It's kind of the main idea of the text. And it's this. It's that if we represent Jesus, we must follow his example. That may sound simple, but that's the truth of the text. If, if we represent Jesus, we must follow his example. So there's a couple things I want to point out quickly. And the first is, I, I kind of want you to notice who, who the audience is. Who's the audience here? Think about that. Who, who, who's the audience? Like, who, who are the recipients of this act of love? In other words, who is the lesson for? Because this is a lesson, and we find that out in verse 1. In verse 1, it says, Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. And then it says this, Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So, uh, the, the, the lesson is for his own. It's for his own. Are you one of his own? Right? Do you belong to Jesus? Then this lesson is for you. Okay? 
So this lesson is for disciples of Jesus. And there's a reason why he's going to do what he's going to do. This is an object lesson, and we'll, we'll get to what the lesson is in a second. But there's a reason why he's doing it, and you kind of find it early on in verse 4. It says he knows that, he's, uh, that he is God, that he's from God, and that he's returning to God. But also this, and we find it in verse 20. He says, truly I tell you, whoever receives anyone I send receives me, and the one who receives me receives him who sent me. Okay? So this is for his own, this is for those that belong to him, this is for disciples. And the reason that Jesus is going to do this, y'all, is because he's returning back to the Father. And he's returning to the Father, so what he's going to do is set an example uh, for, for those that are remaining, because they are going to represent him and represent his Father to a watching world. That's the point. That's the point, Right? So, so what is it that he wants these representatives to know? What is it that he wants these representatives to do when he returns to the Father? We find that in verse 15. He says, For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. Right? So what does he want his own to do when he returns to the Father? He wants his own to follow his example, to do what he has done because they're going to represent him. Now, this sounds oversimplistic almost, but I'm going to tell you, those Christians in the late 80s, early 90s killed it with those little WWJD bracelets. I'm serious, like, right? I mean, you may think of those and be like, oh, those are so cheesy. Uh, if you wanted to, like, if you're ever in your Christian walk going, Lord, what should I do? God, I just don't know what to do. I don't know how to live. I don't know how to act. Let me break it down for you. Ready? Do what Jesus did. That's what you need to do. You need to think about life. You need to think about, well, what, what did Jesus do? What, what did he do? Well, this is what he's saying. He said, listen, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to claim to be my representative, you have to do what I do. You've got to act how I act. You've got to love how I love. That's kind of the point, isn't it? That's the heart of Christianity. It, it, it's, not, it's not about um, some kind of public appearance. We're, we're not PR people. Right? It's, it's not about um, political gain. Those were the Pharisees. Uh, following Christ is about saying, you're my leader, um, you're the light of the world, but now you've said to me, because you're going to the Father, that I'm supposed to be the light of the world. I'm going to take that responsibility, and I'm going to live my life like a changed person trying to be the person that you were. That's crazy, right? And that's the heart of the message. That's the first thing. Uh, we need to know, right, that we're representing Jesus. We have to follow his example. So the next question is then, what is his example exactly? But what, what is his example? And that's the next point, by the way, is that Jesus held the highest position, but he took the lowest place. Jesus held the highest position, but he took the lowest place. So I want to look at the text, and let's look at what Jesus says about himself, starting in verse 14. Uh, he says, so if I... Your Lord and teacher have washed your feet. You also ought to wash one another's feet. So Jesus rightly says, uh, and he even says in the text, because that's what I am. You call me Lord and teacher because that's what I am. So Jesus says, I am Lord. He says, I am teacher. Right? Then in verse 16, he goes a little further. He says, truly I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master. So he's also claiming, he's saying, I am master. Okay, so just, just what Jesus says. Jesus says, I am Lord. Jesus says, I am teacher. And Jesus says, I am and master. That's who he says he is. Now, the whole of Scripture testifies even beyond that about the high position of Jesus, right? In 1 Timothy 6.15, it says, uh, God will bring this about in his own time. 
He, speaking of Jesus, is the blessed and only sovereign. That's a title. It says that He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's what, that, uh, that's what we hear in uh, 1 Timothy. Revelation echoes this, right? Uh, Revelation 17, 14. These will make war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will conquer them because He is Lord of lords and King of kings. Those with Him are called chosen faithful. Here's what's astounding, though. Man, this King of kings, this Lord of lords... Uh, the one in the highest position. Highest position of all positions. That's kind of what Scripture reveals. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Jesus is like, I'm, I'm your Lord. I'm your teacher. I'm your master. So, so the one who holds the highest position chooses to go low for our sake. It, it, Paul writes this in Philippians chapter 2. I'm just going to read it to you. Uh, verse 3 through 8. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or uh, conceit. But in humility, that's a key word, consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. He says, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who in uh, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited or grasped. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus says, hey, if you're going to represent me, you have to follow my example. What is his example? Well, he had the highest position, but he chose to take the lowest place and to serve others. And to serve others, which kind of leaves us with what we're called to do, right? That's our third point. It's about us. It's about our world. Our world desperately needs to see the real Jesus so that they can know the Father. Our world desperately needs to see the real Jesus so that they can know the Father. Again, back to the re- Why is Jesus doing it all? Why does Jesus, uh, on the night that he's going to be betrayed, why does he take off his outer garment, wrap a towel around himself? Why does he wash the disciples' feet? These are feet that are going to run away. These are feet that are going to deny him. Why is he doing this for his own? For for people? Because his own. Because he knows he's from the Father. He knows he's returning to the Father. And he knows when he returns to the Father that these men will be his representatives to the world And they'll not only represent him, but they'll represent his father. And he says, anyone that receives you receives me. And and even more than that, they receive my father. They receive my father. That's what's at stake. Uh, Verse 20, truly, whoever receives anyone I send, and the one who receives me receives him who sent me. Right? So he's going away. He's going away, and we're going to be his representatives. And so the question we have to ask ourselves, because the world needs to see the real Jesus, Sometimes the church hasn't represented him very well. So the question we have to ask ourselves, if we know that the world desperately needs to see the real Jesus, that's the only way they become children of God, by the way. Do you get that part? It's the only way. You're going to represent me. And and you're going to represent the Father. And and if they receive me, uh, because they've received your message, because they've received you, you represent me right. They receive me. They become children of God. Like that's, you're my ambassador. That's what the text means, right? He says, listen, if, if you get it right, it's huge. But man, if you don't, whew. 
So it's of utmost importance that we show people the real Jesus so that they can know the Father. So the question this text begs is are they seeing that in us? Are they seeing that in me? Are they seeing that in you? Are are people seeing the real Jesus who had the highest position but chose to go low? So are they seeing a reflection of that? When they look at the church, do they see people willing to put aside their self-interest? Choosing to go low to serve others? Do they see models of Christ? Or do they see people that just care about their own rights? And their own comfort? And their own possessions? their own people. Us for no more. What do they see? That's a question we have to ask ourselves. So, so listen, this question that Jesus asked, do you understand what I've done for you? Man, it is a question of great consequence. Do we? Do we get what he's done for us? Do we get that not only has he set an example, but he's empowered us to live out that example and that we're actually his ambassadors to a watching world? Do we get it? There's a little uh, thing you may have missed in, in verse 16. I'm going to throw it on you here, uh, but I'm going to do it after we, we, as we kind of move forward to the application. So you say, Pastor, what do we do because of this message? Here's the first thing I think we do. I think we repent. You go, Pastor, I don't even know what I have to repent from. I don't, I don't like that. You telling me I have to repent? It means I have to turn around and go the opposite direction. What am I repenting from? Let me tell you what you're repenting of. Uh, it's actually in uh, verse 16. So I'll go back and I'll flip back and read it to you. Jesus says, truly I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. He says, a servant's not greater than his... So listen, he's saying, you've got to follow my example. A servant's not greater than his master. So check this out. If we're not following Christ's example and going low and serving other people, and we're always worried about our own rights, then listen, we're actually saying that we're better or greater than Jesus Christ. He says a servant isn't better than his master, but when you reject the master, that's what you're saying. Say, I know better. I've got a better way. You know what? I know how to change the world. It's not by serving the world. It's not by dying to yourself. It's not by that. I know the best way to change the world is to, uh, to, to, to elect the right people, and then we'll change it, then we'll force people to live right lives. Well, guess what? We're not saved by works. We're saved by faith alone. You could force people to have all the right behaviors on earth, and they'll still go to hell because they can't be perfect in that. The law has no power to make us perfect. We need Christ Himself. You follow me? This is important. So, friends, what I'm telling you is if you are guilty, like I think we all are, I am guilty at times of wanting to do it a different way, of not wanting to die to myself, of not wanting to say, well, I'm a Christian, but who cares what happens in the world? I'm just going to follow Jesus, even if it means that I'm going to get nailed to a cross, even if it means that they're going to tax me more than everyone else, even if it means that they're going to say I can't gather publicly. I don't care, because Jesus is what matters. I often am not willing to lay down my life and to go low and to serve people that way. Because I live in America. And Christianity just seems to look so different here. But when I study it really close, it looks an awful lot like the Pharisees of Jesus' day. Who want positions where they're thought highly of in society. Who want to have power and influence. Who want to win. And then I look at Jesus. And in the midst of all the people that wanted to win, 
He took the lowest place in the room and he just served in love. And he said, now you have to go in the world and be these kind of people so that they'll know me, they'll know my father, they'll be children of God. That's the answer. And if we're not doing that, church, we have to repent. That's, that's, that's the Bible. We have to repent. So that's the first thing, okay? Once we do, we have to change. The Bible's about transformation. We're meant to be changed into the image of Jesus. So how do, how do we change? Then we choose to, to go low. We choose to go low, right? To get down, uh, to get dirty. Um, by the way, washing feet is dirty business. Um, when we ordain deacons, uh, we do it here. And I love my deacons because they, like, make sure. That they, they know it's happening. So when they come, like, most of them have gotten pedicures. Most of them are, like, washed up. So it's not that dirty for me. But, I mean, back in the day, man, back in the day, wearing sandals everywhere, walking through mud and muck and mire. And, and then, like, this is, this is why it's the lowest position that's what serving is. That's what following Christ is. It's not about me winning. It's about me being willing to lose it all for the sake of the kingdom. You got it? Okay. So I got to go low. John Piper says this, by the way. I love this. He says, uh, if God has called you to something high, go low. If God has called you to something high, go low. And he's, of course, talking about importance. What could be of more importance than being a representative of Christ to a watching world? Amen? We've all been called to something high. <laughs> so we've all got to go low. And, and that just kind of brings us to our last point, and we'll be done this morning. Uh, we have to represent him rightly. We've got to maintain that mindset. And it's hard to maintain, guys. It is. It's hard to maintain, right? Because sometimes you get tired of being kicked. I'm just tired of being kicked. I'm going to kick somebody back. And Jesus looks at you and goes, turn the other cheek. And you're like, oh! Yep. That's Jesus, man. That's Jesus. Because it's not about winning. He's already won. He's already won. You know that, right? He is won. You know that he's, he's a, he, Jesus right now is actually transforming our world right now. He's doing it. And you look at the world and you say these things like, well, everything's just going to hell in a handbasket. You're like, what? Jesus is restoring everything. How dare we speak badly of what he's restoring? Right? He's making all things new. That's what he's doing. I've got to represent that rightly. I've got to stop trying to win. He's already won. My job is to serve. My job is to go low. That's my job. And he will be glorified in that. And people will see a difference in you in that. And I'm telling you more than ever in America, people need to see Christians. Not people that are evangelicals. But Christ followers. Going low, serving. And they will go, you're not like the people I hear about on TV. You're not like the people that I've heard. Like, that's, that's, why are you different? Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. All right, friends, make sense? Okay. So I'll close with a question from our Lord and Savior. Do you realize what he's actually done for you? That's what we need to ponder this week, all right? Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for um, allowing us to gather around it this morning. Thanks for the truth that it holds. Uh, help us bring you glory in all that we think, say, and do as we leave this place this week. Help us truly represent you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.